0: I'm Seth
1: Peterson.
2: Hi, I'm Debbie Hedron. I'm Rhonda Schwartz.
0: I'm George Roberts. This is Jessalyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webb.
2: Hi, this is Charlotte Ross.
0: Hi, this is
3: Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talkin'
2: Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin Pets. And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. talking Pets. Talkin Pets. Talkin Pets. Talkin Pets.
0: With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talkin' Pets with John Patch. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch.
3: And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is animal expert Barry Seabold, here to answer your medical questions and your behavior questions about your pets. At... 870-408. 870-408. Oh, I'll get you that number in a second. The show is produced in-house by Miss Amanda Page. Hey there, Johnny boy. Hey, Mandy. How you doing? I'm doing. And stepping in also is Stefan Bordwick. Hey, buddy. Hey. What's up, Stefan? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing okay. But if you have questions, you can call us at 877-807-4048. That's 877-807-4048. We welcome your calls and questions. A special guest is joining us in this hour. Her name is Kat Warren. She's the author of What Dog Knows? The Science and Wonder of Working Dogs. We welcome your calls and questions at 877-807-4048. Once again, I'm John Patch. Joining us is Barry Siebold And Amanda Page. And Stephen Bordler. And, of course, Kat Warren, the author of What Dog Knows. This is... Talking Pets. Whoa. And you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Seawold. Hey, ben Barry. Page. How are you?
1: And Stephen Bordwick. What's up, Barry? Not much. What's going on?
3: Working out the kinks.
1: <laughs> I see that.
3: <laughs> so what's new in your life? Yeah, you know. Keeping busy? Yeah, of course. Yeah? Same Tired? old, same old. Had a long night last night?
1: I did. Yes. <laughs> It has had a, had a little bit of a fun time last night. Yeah? Yeah. But it was a good time, fun time? It was. It was good, but sad all at the same time. A co-worker's moving on, so, you know, we, we did a uh, good he, luck. She? Uh, she.
3: She? So yeah. you went out and got her drunk and said, it sail off. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, we welcome your calls and questions at uh, 877-807-4048 is the number. 877-807-4048. So pick up the phone and give us a call. We're going to have uh, joining us, of course, the author of What Dog Knows the science and wonder of working dogs by Cat Warren, and I think we have Cat there. Cat, you with us?
2: I am indeed, John. Thanks for having me.
3: It's nice to have you on with us. So uh, you know, it's a great pleasure and a beautiful book, by the way. And I oh, want to introduce you. you to, of course, Barry Siebold. Hello. Hey, Barry. How are you? I'm good. And Amanda Page and Stephen work our producers.
2: Hi. Happy to have you. Oh, hey, thank you, Amanda.
3: It's funny because Cat, when I heard about your uh, your book, it was kind of interesting when I was reading because Kat Warren is a professor er, and former journalist with a somewhat unorthodox hobby. Now, she works with cadaver dogs, a dog who searches for missing and presumed dead people. Now, what started as a way to harness the energies of her unruly, smart German shepherd puppy, Solo, soon became a passion for them both. Though Solo thinks it's simply a great game with the reward of toy at the end. I thought this was kind of fascinating when I read this because of the fact that you actually have a lot in common with Barry Siebold. And it it happens to do with the cadavers. And Barry kind of blew me away a couple weeks ago when he was telling me about he takes like body parts and hides them in woods. (laughs) Do you kind of deal with that as well?
2: Well, we don't deal with body parts mostly here in North Carolina because of our state laws. But indeed, I spend a fair amount of time planting different kinds of of samples for the dogs to train on. So, um, and I take it that, Barry, you do a little of that yourself?
1: I do, yes. Well, my my sister primarily does it more than I do. I'm more of their technical support, if you will. (laughs) That's great. So they have cadaver dogs. Where? In Tampa, Tampa, Orlando area.
2: Yeah, there's some nice folks working down there. That's great.
3: How long have you been doing that, Kat?
2: So it's been about, it's almost eight and a half years. So I started when he was, when Solo was just about four and a half months old. And he's, turning 10 in March which is just hard to believe Um, so but I I still consider myself a bit of an amateur because this is something that I I, you know I don't do full-time and there's so much to learn I mean work the world of working dogs is so complex and wonderful and I think that I'm finally just starting to get to the point where I think I know what I'm doing sometimes
3: so what kind of pointers can you actually give to Barry
2: on all this I can give him any pointers if he's out there planting. I say bless him because there aren't that many people who say willingly, yes. Let me take this smelly jar of dirt that lay under a decomposing body and put it somewhere so that you don't know where it is, and so that we can use it for a training exercise. And whenever I find people who are willing to do that, um, I'm thrilled.
1: It is quite fun, though. I do have to. I have to admit to that. I I, I find it as a game to go out there and my best to make it so they can't find them I'll even let the let the handlers know where I put them I'm yep. like nope this is gonna be a blind search so let's go see what you can do
2: that's right I know and it's really important that you know for the handlers when they get to a certain point that they not know where it is because it is so easy for dogs to figure out what the handler knows <laughs>
1: yes it is um, <laughs> they know how to work them
2: they really do dog, dogs are good at that dogs you know that co-evolved stuff there's something to it um they read us better than we read them
3: well we're going to forage questions here for your book what the dog knows the science and wonder of working dogs and of course you've got a german shepherd which is a working dog solo and um you said now solo's about what eight and a half you said
2: well actually he's going to turn 10 in march so he's nine oh, and wow. a half
3: yeah oh wow, he's up there how's yeah. he doing it How's he doing in that, in that stage? Because he's, he's geriatric.
2: He's doing great. I mean, you know, he's getting, he's getting uh, you can tell his age, and you have to keep an eye and be willing to say, you know what, we're, we're going to retire. And I've got a little pup who's just a little over a year old that I'm um, starting to train up. So uh, she goes out half the time when I'm training with canine units, and Solo goes out the other half. And uh, uh, But he's pretty experienced at this point. So, um, you know, I just am careful. And uh, what I say yes to, because I, I think, you know, searching 100 acres in 100-degree weather um, over five hours isn't probably uh, where he's best suited now.
3: Well, the book is available through Simon & Schuster, and it is in bookstores and online, right, Kat? It's available, I would imagine, at Amazon and all?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, and indie books. I mean, I think uh, Barnes, Amazon, and independent bookstores, um, uh, Books A Million, it's pretty much everywhere.
3: Who's David, by the way? The one and only.
2: (laughs) The one and only. That's my husband, David. My patient, kind, um, uh, (laughs) ever-supportive husband.
3: Well, we're going to get into questions about what the dog knows, the science and wonder of working dogs. A must-read for anyone who wants to know more about four-legged working heroes. That's a quote by Maria Godavich, author of Soldier Dogs. And, uh, of course, the author here is Cat Warren. So if you've got a question or a comment about working dogs over the next uh, half hour or so, give us a call. The number to call is 877-807-4048. I got that now. 877-807-4048. I'm John Patch.
1: I'm Barry Seawold. Amanda Page.
3: And Cat Warren. And you're listening to <laughs> Talking Pets.
0: We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned.
3: Every pet is unique.
0: What
3: does the fox say? And you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Seawold. And Amanda Page. The number to call is 877-807-4048. 877-807-4048. So pick up the phone and give us a call. If you've got a question, we're speaking with Cat Warren, the author of What the Dog Knows. It's by Simon & Schuster. It's available in bookstores. It's available online. and You can get it there, of course. And we're speaking with Cat right now. Cat, it was funny because Barry was kind of Chuckling a little bit when we opened up because you wrote a dog book and your name is Cat.
2: Yeah, you know there have been uh, one or two jokes about that, and of course I'm allergic to cats, so um, <laughs> so it's was a pity.
3: Were your parents cruel to you when you? <laughs> you
2: know, I was Kathy when I was a kid, and there was a certain point where I was actually in a, a ball team, and Catherine wouldn't fit across the back of the jersey, so I became a cat when I was in my early twenties.
3: I got to ask you, you know, since you wrote the book, of course, what what the dog knows, and you have the German Shepherd, which is solo, like, going on ten years of age. Would you recommend a working dog for most people out there, or, or do they take like a lot of extra precautions or care?
2: You know, it depends on the dog. It depends on the person. Um, you know, solos settled down a lot. Uh, for most people, um, a dog with that level of energy just needs a lot of exercise and and something to do. So I, I, th- I think that people who think that border collies are going to make great house pets end up sadly mistaken. I think that there are a lot of working dogs where um, if they have to be in a crate um, and not exercised for, um, you know, eight hours at a time, um, they're going to try to chew up your house.
3: Is that what kind of happened when you brought Solo home?
2: No, you know, Solo was Solo was a piece of work, but partly because he was a he was a singleton, he was the only pup in his litter and it just made him emotionally kind of stunted with other dogs. So he in, had in other, he had dog in, and dog issues.
1: In other words, a spoiled brat. <laughs> he
2: was a spoiled brat. He was, I mean, he, <laughs> He had such a fantastic childhood before he arrived at our house, and um, and he really was he, he he was full of himself because he hadn't had other pups give him the kinds of corrections that pups in a litter give to each other, and uh, he thought he was the king of everything. Anyway, you know was.
3: it's it's funny because I, um, a friend of mine, April, has a, has a single child, and she wanted to have another child and can't, but um, she has one single child, and she constantly says, you know, it's best to have you know more than one kid. And she wants more than one kid, but, you know, you're you're telling me that Solo was, was Solo, hence the name, I guess. So, yeah, yeah so it's like, um, but, you know, growing up alone, Barry thinks, you know, if you're single, you can be spoiled. And a lot of people think that, you know, when they only have one kid or they have one pet, they do spoil them too much. But that's not necessarily true.
2: It's not necessarily true. And, you know, it's always interesting to remember that dogs aren't people. And so it really is that litter experience. And I think that there's plenty of evidence now saying that, you know, single kids, they're not that awful. Um, uh, they're, they're not as bad as singleton puppies can be. Um, I, I know some single kids who are spoiled brats, and I know some that are actually some of the neatest kids I know. I just know that Solo was a spoiled brat when he came to us and stayed that way for some months.
3: I've got to ask you, I mean, seeing that you, you're a professor and you know so much about, like, for instance, law and history of dogs and all, and you're, because of your book, What the Dog Knows, and, like, for instance, canine law, there's been a lot of laws that have been passed across the country regarding um, larger breeds of dogs, like, for instance, your, uh, your pit bulls and all, but yes. in regards to, like, even a German Shepherd, which is a large dog, a large working dog, and used for a lot of, like, you know, work like police dogs and all, what about in the instance of, like, insurance and all and dealing with with that with policies, like home policies? I had heard that if you have a large breed dog, some home policies yeah. won't even cover you.
2: Is that true? That It's true, and our insurer is actually fantastic about it. And interestingly, they brought a, an adjuster to our house, and he met the dogs and saw immediately that they were obedience trained and et cetera, and happened to have a German shepherd himself. and so um, w- we're covered, but it is a huge issue. and um, I mean, I'm not an expert on breed specific legislation, although I'm against it. I, you know, I think that it I think that it doesn't work, and I think that there are lots of different breeds of dogs that can be a problem depending right but i think you know honing in on pit bulls is not a good way to go you
1: know i've Um, been i've been bit by chihuahuas more than i've ever been bit (laughs) by a german shepherd or a pit bull or anything like that but you know chihuahuas aren't gonna rip your arm off so you never hear about them it's you know the occasional pit bull that isn't trained right hasn't been raised right correctly is as as it's it's our fault it's the people's fault you never you never see that a bad rep
3: you never like you said you never see that headline going oh killer chihuahua on the loose ripped off kid's toe you know but you'll see all of a sudden pit bull on the loose and you know bit somebody and dot 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 so you know it, uh, it seems like you know they try to sensationalize the larger breed dogs for instance the pit bull
2: well, and always... also, you can't, even, you can't even tell what a pit bull is these days. It's very funny. Our friends have a dog that looks exactly like a pit bull, and our friends actually did the DNA. The dog doesn't have a hint of pit in it, right? It's every other breed. And so this notion of saying that people somehow know what breed you're even dealing with becomes a problem. But it's true, the worst scar on my hand is from a West Highland white terrier that bit me. Um, oh, they
3: can be uh... vicious, can't they? <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're really cute. But this was a little male who had some issues, and, and he really just opened the side of my hand. So, But it's also true that it's probably less common that West Highland white terriers kill people.
3: You know, it's interesting, because when I was a kid, I actually had my, like, my side bitten off almost by, well, basically I did get bit, by a German Shepherd police dog. But I never held. You know, being a child, I never held. That's why you're
1: gang. not supposed to run from them, John. I was on a bike. <laughs> uh huh.
3: I was. Oh, I was on a bike.
1: That's what you tell everyone. Uh huh. I was on a bike with friends. When they say halt, you <laughs> halt. <laughs> I was like Mm -hmm. eight years old. what store were you leaving hastily on your Uh bike?
3: We were riding our bikes through a path in the woods, and all of a sudden this dog ripped, uh, literally dragged its doghouse with it, uh, chasing us. And here we all, some kids got away on their bikes, not me. I decided to jump off my bike, and what did I try to climb? A picker tree. It had pickers Uh all over it. (laughs) And I I couldn't get up because I was covered in pickers, and the dog bit my side.
2: And so, I imagine it was a backyard shepherd. It probably wasn't actually a police dog, a law enforcement dog, right? With somebody well, he, tied up in the backyard?
3: He was tied up in the backyard, yeah. And um, I, supposedly the the guy that owned it was a police officer, but you know I don't think the dog was that well trained. But we got to take a little break, Cat. When we come back, we'll continue on with Cat Warren, what the dog knows, the science and wonder of working dogs. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Seawald. And Amanda Page. Give us a call at, if you've got a question, 877-807-4048. Talk and Fets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact.
4: I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read.
0: There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful, bagless, upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal back, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal back today. Dyson, music to your ears.
1: For the inside scoop at working like dogs on petliferadio.com. Let's talk pets.
0: Let's talk pets on PetLife Radio. Pet Life Radio PetLiferadio.com. Pet
3: With this hour's Talking Pets news from the USA Today, here's your host, John Patch. Out of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, a Texas-based group that has represented the ranching industry for more than 100 years is briefing ranchers and landowners about how to protect themselves from cattle rustlers. Barry?
1: In Florence, Alabama, an exhibit by National Geographic photographer and University of North Alabama alumnus Nick Nichols has opened. The exhibit, which features 17 images from a photo series on Africa's Serengeti, will be on display until November, November 1st at Court Street Market.
3: In Pierre, South Dakota, ranchers suffered heavy cattle losses in last weekend's blizzard, and the recovery could be hampered by the expiration of government livestock disaster programs.
1: In Hawaii, a six-month-old endangered monk seal that bit two men swimming in... Kamakahanu Bay has been captured and will be relocated. A veterinarian with the Marine Mammal Center said the 100-pound male seal had been swimming circles around the men and likely were trying to engage them in play.
3: In Cambridge, Maryland, an artificial oyster reef made up of 300 concrete balls has been completed in the Chop Tank River at the Bill Burton Fishing Pier adjacent to the Frederick C. Malchus Bridge.
1: In Grand Rapids, Michigan, a mastodon tooth that turned up in a July charity pickup was turned over to the public museum, which is adding the find to its collection. The tooth pieces and tusks are estimated to be 12,000 to 15,000 years old.
3: In uh, Sandown, New Hampshire, officials at an elementary school are hoping for cooler weather so students can go outside. Now, according to the Eagle Tribune, students at Sandown uh, North Elementary School have been kept inside for recess since September 11th after mosquitoes, there tested positive for eastern equine encephalitis.
1: In New Orleans, Louisiana, the Autobahn Butterfly Garden and Insectarium is celebrating National Chocolate-Covered Insect Day two days early. The official date is October 14th, but the Insectarium is breaking out a chocolate fountain Saturday.
3: Can I just tell you, I was in that Insectarium, Uh and I met the curator, a really nice guy by the way, and I was in that butterfly exhibit in there. If you're ever in New Orleans, I highly recommend going in there. It is the most fascinating place that I've been in, in so long. I didn't eat any chocolate covered bugs, but I do have to tell you it was really out of this world. So if you're in New Orleans, go check it out. It's really it really is worth it. But once again, you're listening to Talkin Pets. You can check us out online at talkinpets.com and please join us on Facebook and Twitter. To give us a call. The number to call is 877-807-4048. This is Talkin Pets. You're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Seewald. And Amanda Page. The number to call is 877-807-4048. 807-807-4048. And by the way, for the uh, first two calls that come in right now, at that number, 877-807-4048, you're going to get a copy of the book, What the Dog Knows and that is The Science and Wonder of Working Dogs by Cat Warren. We're speaking with Cat right now, and we're going to give away from Simon & Schuster two complimentary copies. So call right now. The first two calls that come in to Charles, our producer, at Genesis Communications Network at 877-807-4048. Toll-free telephone number, 877-807-4048. The copy of those books are yours. What the Dog Knows. It's a hardcover book. It's a great book. It's a beautiful book. And i got to ask you, Cat, who actually picked out, is that solo on the cover, by the way? Is that your Not dog, son?
2: Yeah, no. And I was holding a Kong above the camera when I when we, when the photographer took that shot, and uh, that, that that's him when he was about seven years old.
3: Beautiful dog.
2: He's a nice looking dog. Of course, beauty is as beauty does. But it's it's he's he's still a pleasure to look at, even though he's getting a little gray around the muzzle now.
1: Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
3: we are. <laughs> Not if you diet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's
3: what I do, just for men.
1: <laughs> that's Miss Claire, all if I ever saw it. Yeah, that's it. Okay.
3: Whatever. The face is wrinkled. The hair is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, once again, the number to call is 877 807 4048, 877 807 4048. And the first two calls are going to get a copy of the book, What the Dog Knows The Science and Wonder of Working Dogs. You know, you think actually when a, you know, How can you tell, actually, Kat, um, for Solo, for instance, your German Shepherd, that you took him kind of in a weird, well, weird for most people, I think, as looking for, you know, as a cadaver dog. How do you know if it really, if a dog's set for that? How do you know that a dog minds going out and finding body parts?
2: You know what I mean? You know, I mean, the, the, it. It's all in what you offer up as a reward. For the dog, um, and I think I sort of say, for him, death is a tug toy, right? He doesn't have, for him, it's just a smell. Uh, it, it could be heroin. It could be apples, right? The beagles in airports that sniff out, right, smuggled uh, agricultural products. So so for him, uh, it's, it's a huge range of odors. I think Barry knows this better than anybody else, right? That, and sometimes it, it can be pretty easy to smell um, some of the training samples we use. And sometimes it's almost undetectable, right, if you're dealing with a tooth or dry bone. Um, oh, yeah. But Solo knows because we've, you know, he's been trained on that whole range. Um, but for him, he just says, I smell that smell, and if I tell her about it, I'm going to get a tug toy as a reward. So for him, it's the happiest game in the world.
3: You know, I, I, I said to Barry the day that he told me of what he was doing, and you know, with, and you're just saying it now too with body parts. Yeah, you can smell them. I can imagine that you can. But I never really thought about bone or tooth or something that doesn't have like flesh on it that maybe you would not right. smell, but a, but a dog can. So it's interesting that you said that.
2: Well, and you know, I mean, if in certain cases we're even trying to train on a few drops of blood right um and uh, getting getting a dog to understand that that's part of the range of things that we want him or her to find is 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 just a question of exposing them to that and rewarding them right i mean it's funny because i think that cadaver scent or human remains scent is is some of the most complex stuff you can get um other than live human scent which is also pretty complicated but it's like um, Arpad Voss, who's a, who was at the Body Farm at University of Tennessee, he and his colleagues have figured out that there are 480 different volatile compounds that they've been able to identify coming off of human remains. I mean, that's an awful lot of compounds. Um, so, in a way, for a cadaver dog, it's 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 that you you, you have to make sure that they're getting that, that range. And then... And then, to tell you the truth, the complex stuff is putting them in situations, as Barry said, where you try to um, see if you can um, fool them, right? You give them more and more challenging stuff, stuff up high, down low, buried, you know, um, in situations where it's hard for them to get into, where they have to push open doors to get into the scent, right? And putting them in all those different situations, it ends up that you've got a dog that's pretty happy to search under no matter what conditions. you know, or think... a swamp, a warehouse.
3: Well, congratulations to Penny in Tennessee. Um, Penny, you're getting a copy of the book What the Dog Knows and it's by Cat Warren, The Science and Wonder of Working Dogs. We have another book to give away, so call right now at 877. 877- Eight zero seven four zero four eight. 807-4048. That's 877-807-4048. Call that number, and the book is yours, What the Dog Knows, The Science and Wonder of Working Dogs. It's just out. This just came out this month, correct?
2: It did. It came out October 1.
3: Congratulations.
2: Thank you. How
3: many books have you written, Kat? This is, this is your first book? I've, I've
2: written, I've edited a couple of academic volumes, but this is my first sort of single-authored book, so it's uh, it's been an adventure.
3: Well, it's a beautiful book, by the way, and, it, and sh- on page 27 in um, chapter 3, I believe it is, you do talk about nose knowledge and some of the things that you were just saying, but I've always thought, like, and I've always heard, that one of the best, if not the best, was the bloodhound. Is that correct? Yeah.
2: Bloodhound noses. Um, but this sort of comparison between breeds is, um, how can I say it, sort of breedist, okay? The fact is, is that lots of dogs have pretty fine noses, and the comparisons, a lot of scientists are saying, hold on a second, you can't just look at size, how do I say this delicately, and say, it works best because it's big. You really, really have to look at each dog, and um, I mean, I've known some little terriers who have fantastic noses, right? If a lot of the bed bug detector dogs, they're using very small breeds, so, um, so it's, it's really interesting. Once you look at the science, I think some of those old myths start to fall away.
1: You know we just had a uh, a workshop um, last March last March, I think it was where they did some uh, some SAR training and different certifications in that. and there was actually a toy poodle that was certifying yep. for water for the water human remains. Yep. It was amazing yep. to see this little toy poodle out there.
2: Yeah, I know, I know a woman who's got a little black cocker that's just wonderful. Um, and that dog is, and you think about it, not only on water. I mean, a dog doesn't have to cover a lot of land. If they're on a boat detecting somebody who's drowned in the water, they can be itty-bitty. Um, they don't have to cover hundreds of acres. The boat's taking them there. Um, and my well, trainer just... always said that she could train her daughter's chihuahua to be a great cadaver dog.
3: But that's the same thing, too, where like something like a chihuahua or a smaller breed of dog can get into certain areas that a larger dog, like
2: a German Shepherd, can't. You know, a lot of the police departments that use Dutch Shepherd and Malinois, the fact is is that some of those slightly smaller than German Shepherd-sized working dogs are very, very handy because, as you can imagine, with law enforcement, you're doing a lot of car searches, right? And um, uh, the Malinois and Dutch Shepherds can have an easier time getting in and out, right? Solo's a, a, a big, tall guy, and it's it's. He can obviously go through cars, but it's not as easy for him. Um, And so there is an advantage to having a a dog that's mid-sized or even small for some searches.
3: Well, I've got one or two more questions for you, Kat. So if you can hold on over the break, we're going to come back with Kat Warren. She's the author of What the Dog Knows. It's The Science and Wonder of Working Dogs. It's put out by Simon & Schuster. It just came out uh, the first of this month. It is available in your bookstores, of course, and you can also get it online. But we're going to give one more book away, so the next call that comes in at the number 877-807-4048. That's 877-807-4048. We're going to send you a complimentary copy of the book, What the Dog Knows. The Science and Wonder of Working Dogs by Cat Warren. Call right now. The book is yours. 877-807-4048. The last book went out to Gary. Congratulations, Gary, in Titusville, Florida. So congrats on getting that. We're going to ship that out to you. But the next call that goes in, 877-807-4048. The book is yours. What the Dog Knows. I'm John Patch.
1: I'm Barry Seward. And Amanda Page.
3: Give us a call, 877-807-4048. If you have a question or a comment, we're open to that as well. You're listening to Talkin' Pets.
0: Talking pets. We'll be
3: right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Yeah.
0: Petco. Where the pets go. Petco. Where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off and free shipping from PetLife Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco. Where the pets Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific time, 4 o'clock Eastern time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. So you can call in at 877 385 8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at petliferadio.com, and hopefully, we'll see you here on Thursdays. LifeRadio.com. Dondons
1: on your tights, geese, tigers on a gold leash, we don't care. We aren't caught up in your love affair.
3: And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Sebel. And Amanda Page. The number to call is 877-807-4048. That's 877-807-4048. 4048, and you're listening to Talking Pets. We're going to go out. cat. Uh, we've got a question, actually a story from, uh, is it uh, Gwen Gwenna? And Gwenna, I think you have a story about, I believe, your Jack Russell Terrier, and this ought to be interesting. So, Gwenna, what's your story about your Jack Russell?
4: Well, um my husband started telling me, he said, the dog is just driving me crazy. He said he just keeps pounding on my ear, you know, behind my ear, and he, he just won't leave me alone. But he got a little pain had some swelling. I said, well, just go to the doctor. So he went, and they sent him to the ENT doctor, and he said, well, we'll try an antibiotic and see if, well, that didn't work after a week. And he went back, and he said, no, that's not what it is. They took a biopsy, and it was squamous cell cancer. Wow. He ended up sending us, we went to the Mayo Clinic in Phoenix, and it took them, uh, the doctor told him after he checked him, did the biopsy and and checked him, they said, you have two choices. One, don't have surgery and you're a dead man. Have surgery and you have 60% chance of living because the cancer had... Uh, just attached to all kind, you know, the in his uh, neck. But anyway, he had the surgery. So they had on the lymph nodes, they found some numbers on the other side. He got that surgery. That took, uh, we were out there a, a week in the hospital. But they did a PET scan. They found some, uh, anyway, some uh, on the other side. So they operate on. In the meantime, Angus just started pounding on his hand. And he asked them, would they look at the place on his hand? And they said, while he was in the hospital, he had that second surgery. They took the uh, biopsy, and the doctor looked at it, and he said, you know, this may not be cancer. And Jack said, yes, it is. My dog told me it was, (laughs) or it is. And they came back the next morning, and they said, well, your dog was right. It is, and they had to do quite a bit of uh, surgery and did plastic surgery on his hand.
3: So it's that was twice. It, it's amazing, though, what the dogs can detect. And just like Cat Warren is saying, the nose on a dog is just unbelievable. And, Cat, and maybe like, like Glenn is telling us, that more people do need to pay attention to the signs and what their dogs um, are kind of maybe pointing out to them.
2: Well, you know it was really interesting. There was an interesting piece about a guy who um was diabetic and had low blood sugar, and um his he had adopted this dog, about a ten year old dog um who woke him up in the middle of the night. and and this was this dog wasn't trained to be a diabetic alert dog, but sure enough, you know he was he was dangerously low. Um, and ever since the dogs alerted him to that and, you know, we hear all sorts of stories and you know, they are anecdotes, but the fact is, is that there are so many stories out there about your pets actually being able to smell that something off in the body, right? So going at a particular spot on the body and then, you know, somebody discovering that it's cancer and it's not known exactly what it is that the dogs are detecting, but there's growing evidence that um, dogs are quite capable of doing this.
3: Well, going, um, we're going we're gonna to send you out a copy of the book, What the Dog Knows, and um, I'm glad that your husband is doing well.
2: Yes,
4: uh, in June, if he comes up uh, uh, clear uh, when we go for the last checkup in June, uh, then it will be five years. And, oh. That's great. Uh, keep, keep that dog. Yes, oh, yes, definitely. Oh, uh, this dog is precious, and well, uh, he he he's just uh, wonderful, and he had no training, nothing. I right. mean, he was just, and we paid attention to him. So yeah. thank yeah. you so much. I love this program.
3: Thanks, Gwenna. And stay on the line, because you can speak with Charles, our producer there at the network, and we're going to get you a copy of uh, Cat Warren's book. So uh, it's a great read, so congratulations on that, and congratulations um, you know, to your husband, of course. And our yeah. best goes out to you and your dog. Well, once again, you are listening to Talking Pets. Kat, I had one or two more questions, but um, I, I just want to say, because we're at the top of the hour, it was a great pleasure talking with you and chatting with you about Solo and your book, You Know What the Dog Knows. It's a beautiful book, and it's a great read, and I highly recommend it. Put out by Simon & Schuster, available online and available in bookstores. What the Dog Knows by Kat Warren. Kat, we look forward to your second book
2: much i'm going to take a tiny little break and train the dogs in between
3: so, um, sounds but good. it
1: was a pleasure talking
3: it was a great pleasure talking with you and we wish you the best and enjoy the rest of the weekend and congrats on good. your number
1: one book here
2: and if i come down to florida barry maybe you can put out some hides for me
1: all right i'm, I'm on it you know they've got a hard they got a hard time finding mine though so <laughs> well
2: you know it's good to be challenged and occasionally fail because then you come back and go you know what i better work on this so yeah <laughs> thank you so much you. take care cat <laughs> Take care, bye bye.
3: That's Kat Warren, the author of What the Dog Knows: The Science and Wonder of Working Dogs. It's a great book. You can find it, like I said, in bookstores. You can find it online. Uh, Temple Grandin, who's been on the show with us, of course, author of Animals and Translation and Animals Make Us Human. A nice quote: "Entering the fascinating world of working dogs," she says about What the Dog Knows. And um, so, please go out and get it, purchase it in your bookstores or online. Again, What the Dog Knows. Congratulations to our winners that actually get a copy of the book. And again, our heart goes out to uh, you know everybody out there with these with these dogs. But and uh, to Gwena and her husband so uh, once again thanks for listening to us here in this hour of Talking Pets and uh, by the way you can always watch us on the webcam at TalkingPets.com just click on watch live and there we are and if you would please join us on Facebook and Twitter the icons are right there at the top of the homepage at TalkingPets.com a big thanks to Charles Sadler the uh, producer there for us at uh, Genesis Communications Network and of course uh, this is me John Patch and Bear Siebold
2: and Amanda Page
3: and of course Stefan's voiceless right now We had to lose one mic. Maybe we need to find Solo so Solo can find out what happened to our mic. (laughs) But thanks for joining us in this hour of Talking Pets. We'll talk to you again very soon. Again, check us out at TalkingPets.com. T-A-L-K-I-N-Pets.com. Remember, no G in the talking. We'll talk to you again very soon. Spay and neuter your pets and help control that pet population. From all of us here, say bye, guys. Bye. Bye Bye for the first hour, this hour of Talking Pets. Talk to you again very soon.